anyway, we're going to move on to the NBA. And speaking of winning, I am very proud to be on this mic right now to talk about my winning Knicks. Okay, we are doing our thing out here. And the question that we have is, can the Knicks beat this year's Miami Heat team? And do they need to make a trade at the deadline to increase the likelihood of that? And I would love to do an honest and kick us off here, Zach, because I'm a do to answer the question, think that we have the best chance out of any team in the East to duplicate what Miami did last year. Now, I'm not saying we're going to make the finals, right? I'm not going that far. But if you talk about a dangerous team that could upset a team in the process of making a playoff run or a finals run and get to an Eastern Conference finals, to me, that looks like the Knicks right now. Because when you look around the league, if you want to play exterior before we get interior, I mean, the Bucks play no defense whatsoever. They seem like they got in. I won't say they gotten worse with Doc Rivers. It just hasn't shown up in the W column yet. But they're struggling to gel and get things together with Giannis and, and um, Dane, right? You know, um, you got Embiid's injury because um, he's one of the best players, if not the best player in the Eastern Conference. And he's going to be out for the next couple weeks, arguably a month and a half, maybe. Who knows how that timeline is looking hot. Who knows where the 76ers are going to be in the standings by the time he comes back to play. Um, other than the Celtics, who is a little bit iffy. You know, they are very mentally fragile of a basketball team. Other than that, I don't really think there's nobody in this Eastern Conference that really puts fear in my heart. And I think the Knicks could capitalize off it. I think the Knicks are more equipped to beat a Miami team this year than last year. Now, as far as the Knicks is concerned, and speaking about them, um, I think for me, when you start off with Jalen Brunson, who clearly has been balling out of his mind, became an all-star this year, got a little bit disrespected. I thought he should have been a starter. Um, you know his game. He's very crafty. You know, he seeks contact, able to finish at the cup. You know, um, clearly the ball runs through him. The offense runs through him. But I do think in the process of acknowledging him, we need to acknowledge Julius Randle, his co-star, and give him some respect. Because I think when you talk to Knicks fans, right, Jalen Brunson is the king of New York to us, if you ask us. But you go around asking Knicks fans about Julius Randle, what do you think about him? You get a lot of different thoughts. You know, um, Chuck, you know, um, you know, he's a, not a playoff performer. Oh, yeah, he's good. You know, it's it varies depending on the Knicks fan you ask. But when you look at this stretch of the Knicks playing, I believe it's four games since Randall went down to the dislocation, you know, of his shoulder, um, numbers have been dropping. And it hasn't been indicative of wins and losses because we only lost one game in that stretch. But when you think about it, like, um, you know, our shooting has been worse. Um, I believe we have shot 44.6% from the field, which is the fifth worst in the NBA in that four-game span. And 29.9% from deep, third worst in that span. And even Randall's absence affected Jalen Brunson. This guy has took a, another leap as far as his three-point shooting, and it has went down. He was shooting 42% from the field, from the three-point line. And um, now that has went down to six for 24, 25%, you know, from deep since the Randall injury. Um, and we saw that the Lakers were able to blitz Jalen Brunson to force him to give up the rock and guys didn't really make their shots. We went seven minutes, I believe, without scoring in that fourth quarter. And Josh Hart, yes, he had heart, but he didn't have a shot and he was missing his shot. 
And I think that's where the next move we have to make at the deadline comes in. When you talk about getting a shot creator, you know, with that second unit, a guy that could fulfill that um Emmanuel quickly role that was left behind with that trade to Toronto, that's when we can make a, another deal to really give us another score off that bench to ease the load off of Randall and Jalen Brunson. But I tell you one thing, man, the Randall disrespect got to stop. Now, can he do it in the playoffs? I'm not sure. However, we can't sit and, and um allow guys like Charles Barkley. And I like Charles Barkley. You know, it's one of my guys that I watch coming up in this game. But to literally say that Jalen Brunson made us relevant since the Carmelo days by passing everything Randall did, okay, by getting us to the playoffs, to getting us to relevancy for the first time. We didn't make the playoffs in a couple years. He got us there being an all-NBA player, okay, just to skip over that, really. You know, when everybody was laughing at us for not bringing home Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they went down the block to Brooklyn to overskip that and not give Randall credit. I think we need to stop that and give this man credit clearly. Okay, this is a two-man show. It's 1A and 1B, Jalen Brunson and um Julius Randle. And guys like OG Ananobi clearly is missed. Once we get him back, obviously our team will be better. He's going to be our most important player come these playoffs because of his ability to defend, you know, one through four and the best players on the opposing roster. So I think for me, it comes down to help. It comes down to making that trade deadline move, that one more move, whether it be small, whether it be big, to really show up our bench in our second unit to make sure that we go on a run similar to that of Miami of last year. Yeah, so I'll say right off the bat, I just, I don't love the Heat comparison just because I think the Knicks are a better regular season team. Like the thing that made... Miami such an outlier last year is that they struggled throughout the regular season. They lost their first playing game. They were losing on the brink of elimination against the Bulls in their second playing game. They found a way to win, and we know the rest. And when you look at this Knicks team, for the second year in a row, they're proving, and it's even gotten to a bigger point this year, that they're a really good regular season team. They're sitting at fourth in the Eastern Conference right now at 32 and 18. You feel very comfortable that they're going to be in the playoffs. They're not going to be uh, in the play-in, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And they've been a really a different team since the OG Ananobi trade, and they've played well, to your point, really since Randall went down, and everyone involved deserves a lot of credit for that. And I also agree with your points about the Eastern Conference. Like, when I look at this conference as a whole right now, Boston, they're the clear-cut best team. They deserve to be labeled the favorite, but until I actually see them get the job done in the playoffs, I'm definitely going to have my fair share of concerns about them. Uh, Milwaukee, I agree. You know, Doc Rivers, this team can't defend. I don't think he's fixing those issues necessarily. Philadelphia, super unfortunate what happened to Embiid. I don't think whether he's back or not, like I just don't think you could really count on him to stay healthy throughout the full stretch of the postseason, uh, the 82-game regular season as well. I think Philadelphia, I'm going to have a tough time seeing them make a deep run. The other wild card would be Cleveland, but as the Knicks, you got to feel pretty good about that considering what happened against them in the first round last year. So I think the Knicks going into these playoffs are in a very good spot, and they deserve a lot of credit uh, for their start to the regular season as we uh, get closer and closer to the All-Star break. But, Will, i got to tell you, watching that game against the Lakers the other night, and the Knicks, unfortunately, they lost, and that was their first loss in a while, and they were playing great basketball leading into that point. There's no reason to panic. But 
that was really the first time I watched the Knicks, especially since Randall went down. And it's, and it's important to remember, OG Ananobi didn't play in that game. Quinn and Grimes didn't play in that game. And also, the Knicks have been missing, missing Mitchell Robinson for a while. And I think whether as good as Precious Achua has been, I think if this Knicks team does want to make a deep, deep playoff run, like they're going to need Mitchell Robinson healthy in the middle of the paint, making plays, uh, making an impact. So I do think the Knicks, they're going to need to make a move or two at the deadline. And the thing I'm so intrigued by is when you look at this NBA trade deadline, like I don't think they're going to be a lot of big names move necessarily. Unfortunately, Zach Levine went down for the Chicago Bulls. He's not going to be traded, obviously. So aside from like DeJounte Murray, and I don't really know how big of a needle mover he really is. Like, I don't really think we're going to see uh, a repeat of last year's trade deadline when you had guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving getting traded. I don't think we're going to see anything close to big names like that. So my question with the Knicks is, I think they need like an instant offense bucket getter off the bench. And when you look at this team's offense right now, especially without Randall, they they need a little bit of a punch. But, (coughs) excuse me, I think... The thing that has made this Knicks team so fun to watch is that unlike a lot of NBA teams, they actually take the regular season seriously and they prioritize it and they play hard. It's clear when you watch this group, they love playing basketball together. They look like they're having fun. That's not something you could say about a lot of these NBA teams. And I think a big reason for that is that Villanova Tibbs connection of, you know, showing up every night, playing hard, playing defense. And we saw with uh, a guy like Cam Reddish, like, there's a reason why he didn't last in New York that long. Even Emmanuel quickly, as good of a player as he was, he just didn't necessarily fit that mold. And I think that's a big reason why the Knicks ultimately decided not to pay him and to move on. So what I'm wondering is like, for example, a guy like Jordan Clarkson from the Jazz, I think he would be perfect. Instant bucket getter off the bench, very good three-point shooter. He's had his moments in the playoffs too. I think he would be a perfect uh, fit for a need, but like, it's always the question with these Tom Thibodeau coach teams. Like, does he fit that mold? And that's, I think, where I'm interested in. Like, what is – and one more point I want to make, too, about Leon Rose. I think he deserves a lot of credit for the moves he's made over the course of the last couple of years as a GM. In literally three of the last four years, he's made deals in season that have made a very positive impact on this team, whether it was Derrick Rose – four years ago, inserting him into the starting lineup to help get this team to the playoffs. We remember uh, last year bringing in Josh Hart, this year bringing in OG Ananobi. So as crazy as this sounds, I'm actually at a point where I trust this Knicks front office. Like whatever they do, whatever move they make, I'm going to believe in them and, and say, and Dante DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo was an offseason signing that has worked out very well uh, as well. So I think whatever this Knicks front office does, I'm going to trust them, and, and I'll see how it works out. When you talk about that mode, that Tom Thibodeau prototype, you know, I just want to address that before I talk about any potential deal that we can make because we have to address, like, what is his mode? What does he want? Clearly, we know if we watch the game what he likes. You know, he wants those gritty guys, those defenders. He prioritizes defense, and I think that's what differs from that 2012-2013 Knicks team, the last time we had a really – I, I would say uh, a, a team that we thought could have made a deep playoff run, which was when Carmelo was on that team. And there, it's two different teams. Like Carmelo was, I believe he won the scoring title that year. I believe we led the league in three-point shooting. 
and we were 15 in defensive rating. So we wasn't really a great defensive team. But I think when you look at this team, it differs from that team. We're not going to shoot the lights out of the gym from three, but we are going to defend. We are going to be gritty. We're going to be all up in your grill. You know, we're going to play hard, and, and that's how we do it. And we got guys that can shoot when need be, and we got guys that can score the basketball, more importantly. So I think this team, this Knicks version, compared to that Knicks version, is very different. But I do think this Knicks version has the upside that I'm looking for when you talk about, okay, can we get over that hump and potentially make at least, at the very least, uh, Eastern Conference Finals because that will be us taking a step forward, not taking a step back because we made the second round already. So what we should be looking for is improvement, even if it's by a round, okay? We want to improve, not take a step back. And I think this team has the capabilities of taking that step forward. Now, as far as that deal that we could potentially have in the next two days before the deadline comes, you know, a lot of people going to throw out the obvious um, deals that could be made, the more realistic deals, you know, the Jordan Clarkson. And by the way, I believe he's struggling a little bit with his shot. I believe the last, you know, couple games he's been um, four for 32. But I think that's, you know, the usual, yeah, I'm about to be up out of here anyway. You know, we saw it with a lot of these veterans that, you know, when they're about to get traded, the stats fall off. So I'm not going to read too much into that. Um, Bruce Brown was a part of that. Denver championship team. We all know that his game is not pretty, but in a good way because he could do a lot of, you know, intangible things. He could, you know, facilitate. He can defend. You know, he could shoot a little bit, but he still needs to work on his three-point shooting a little bit more to really help us coming off that bench. And and I'm not sure if that would be the guy I'm looking for because I need a consistent score. Yes, he will do the little things and add and, and fit that Tom Thibodeau mold in a sense, but we do need a primary score that we can go to off the bench to be that IQ. I'm not sure he fits that mold from that perspective. Defensively, sure. Offensively, uh, I'm on the fence about that. Um, when you talk about, um, what's another, Brogdon, I heard about, you know, that's a guy who I think could fit well on our roster, you know, coming from Portland. But I want to have fun here. You know, that's not fun. Yeah, that's something that could get us closer. And I think that's the more realistic thing that could happen. But I want to play a fun game real quickly here. I want to play a hypothetical that's probably not going to happen, you know, because um, there's a lot of talk right now with LeBron James, you know, and his unhappiness with um, the Lakers right now. And I do realize that um, you can never count out LeBron James and what he's going to do next. You know, I think we should know that by now following his career. We just never trust that man. That man could end up in Cleveland again tomorrow or he could end up in New York. Who knows? We don't trust that guy. That guy is loyal to himself. And I think the Lakers should have a like a honest conversation about where they are in the pecking order of the resting conference. Because when you look at them right now, they're at the bottom, I believe they're ninth right now. Um, so at the at the bottom, French playing team. But realistically, they won a championship in 2020. Are they gonna be able to do that again? How many more championships are they gonna win, if any, with Anthony Davis and LeBron James? You know what I'm saying? When you look at they they um counterparts in opposition in that conference right now the best team to me is the clippers okay you still got Jokic and that denver team who's going to be right there a player okay you got the suns who's getting their big three together and starting to figure some stuff out as far as chemistry is concerned right you got the young and hungry and dangerous okc team out there in the rest of the conference where are you going to go like what is your ceiling do you think you can win another championship with lebron lebron has made it clear 
that he wants to play with his son. LeBron has made it clear that he's not loyal to any particular team. If you're not loyal to him by putting together a championship level roster and making a move. So when you look at his contract, he could opt out in the summertime. If you're the Lakers, I'm not saying you need to do this. I'm just saying, have an honest conversation. Do you even think about trading a guy like LeBron James, you know, um, to not lose him for anything. And, you know, and if you're the Knicks, you know, would you want to pounce on a guy like LeBron James who bypassed us a couple years ago, had the golden opportunity to come here? Look, he want to be the GOAT, right? You're not the GOAT, LeBron James. I'm sorry to break it to you and your fans. It's Michael Jordan. He's the GOAT. However, if you want to be the GOAT overnight, come to New York and get us to a championship and win us a championship. You will be the GOAT, my brother. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that. So here's my thing with LeBron, right? I think if you put him on the Knicks right now, they would be considered the favorite in the Eastern Conference. And if you're the Knicks, sure, of course, you're going to entertain that. But I, I don't think the Lakers are going to do it. And the one thing about LeBron is I feel like he should, because we know his priority is championship or bust at this point. Like he just wants to rack up as many rings as possible. But the, I think he takes a lot of pride in fulfilling every contract he's ever signed. Like, and a lot of superstars can't really say that. And also, we know, like, why he came to L.A. in the first place. It had nothing really to do with the Lakers franchise. It was just the business opportunities in that city. And his son goes to school at USC. I just can't see him as a guy that gets traded midseason. But I do agree with your point. Like, the Lakers should realize, like, okay. Yeah, and Anthony Davis. They've been healthy the whole season, and this team is barely above – they're flirting with 500. How is that possible? It's like Cleveland. You know, LeBron went to Cleveland, back to Cleveland. I'm talking about the second time. Delivered them a championship, and they went apart. And guess what? Cleveland is good. Like, they're right back into the thick of things with Donovan Mitchell. So, if you're the Lakers, yeah, you won that championship in that bubble. You got something out of that Anthony Davis-LeBron James experiment. So, you can't call it a failure because you won something. I think you can move on. Because, you know, when I'm looking at this Knicks and a potential realistic deal that we can go for that we talked about, the Clarkson, the Malcolm Brogdon, you know, um, we have to look at it from this perspective. We also have to be careful here because we're not going to do a deal. For example, a guy like Grimes, we're not going to do a deal where we are going to trade away our most, you know, um, lucrative assets to pull in a big trade. We're not going to do it for something that's not going to move the needle much. So I think the Knicks are in a little bit of a dilemma here because it's like, all right, yeah, clearly we are a contender. Clearly we should go for this thing this year. But, you know, yeah, clearly we should get better to give us another step to get there and focus on this year and prioritize this season since we are in this season. But also, clearly we don't want to give up any assets like Evan Fournier's contract, which is really an asset to make the deal work for a superstar and Quentin Grimes' uh, asset to make it work for a superstar when, you know, by going all in for this year, you know? So I think we have to balance. What do we want to do? Do we really want to go all in now? Do we want to get a step closer to competing this year? Or do we want to wait for that home run deal and not lose those assets that's going to get us that deal? You know, I'm curious, like what the cost would be for a guy like Clarkson, a guy like Brown, a guy like Brogdon. But I think again, the Eastern conference, when you look at it, like, they, I'm, part of me wants to say the Knicks should go all in because none of these teams really scare me, and that includes Boston. Yeah. Like I don't really look at a lot of these other teams the Knicks are going to be competing with and say 
they can't beat them, especially with one more move. So I'm very intrigued by not only what the Knicks do, but what a lot of these other teams do. And uh, the NBA trade deadline, it's going to be pretty fascinating because, again, I, yeah, I think the Eastern Conference is wide open. How many guys are available that are really going to move the needle? Like that's and, the and that and that and that's why you know we do have to do our due diligence and, and but I I don't think we should uh, I think we should you know do our due diligence and see who's around you know maybe we can still in a perfect world it's probably not going to happen because clearly they are valuing this guy as like a prime Michael Jordan in Brooklyn Mikel Bridges but you know that would be my perfect deal right there get a guy like Mikel Bridges have him on the wing alongside OG Ananobi oh my God like just thinking about that. In the makeup and the mold of Tom Thibodeau, that would be a great look. But obviously, but they have a history of getting fleeced, and I brought that up outside the chat that in the chat that we were talking about, they got a history of letting guys go at a price where you like you could have got more, you could have got more for KD, right? You could have got Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and some picks to go alongside those guys for Kevin Durant, and you settle for less. So at the end of the day, OG Ananobi, we thought he was going for four. I believe the Grizzlies offered four first rounders for OG, and they turned that down, and we didn't even have to give up a first rounder for OG. So we don't know if these deals come down, if the price tag comes down, if it goes up. We don't know, but I do think the Knicks need to make a move. I think the right thing is to make a move in a perfect world. We make a small move, add to our roster, get a Clarkson, get a Brogdon, you know, and, and, and – really try to go all in for this year and then after this year barring the circumstances and where we end and where our seasons end we go for that home run type of deal we don't lose any intangible assets that will get us that number one deal that will bring us a star that's going to take us to the promised land so that would be how i would operate you know if i'm leon rose yeah and i'll re-harp this point again before we move on is like i, I trust this Knicks front office i can't believe i'm saying it but they've proven over the course of the last couple of years like they've made enough good moves, like a Ananobi, like a Josh Hart, like a DiVincenzo, to uh, believe that they know what they're doing. So even though Leon Rose, it's, it, it bothers me a little bit that this dude is just silent, like he never talks to the media, which is not really normal for an NBA GM. I, I do believe in what he's building, and uh, again, it's it's a great time to be a Nick fan, no doubt. Subscribe for all the up to date content. We're, you've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.